The reading today is from Exodus chapter 21 to 17. The heading is the Ten Commandments. And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, And he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Great. Why don't we pray together? Father, thank you that we serve you, the only living true God. Thank you that we can know you. I pray that uh, yeah, you would use my words, and by your word and spirit, speak to each of our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. It's not working yet? Yeah, here we go. All right, idolatry of work. I guess uh, usually, if you're a visitor, you may not know, we usually preach through books of the Bible. And sometimes a chapter comes up that you think, how can this be relevant to people? But today is a topic that uh, I'm sure most of us know is very relevant. Work as idolatry. Work, well, Hong Kong has the longest working hours in the world. It's the only place in the world where average working hours are more than average sleep hours per week. Remembering that you sleep seven days and you work less than that. Uh, Well, apart from some people. But, you know, work is a big part of our life for many of us. Many of us don't like it. So many people want to leave Hong Kong because they just, uh, they're too busy. But also, yeah, we're talking about work as idolatry. Idolatry is the most common sin in the Bible. It's the sin behind every other sins. So this is not a sin that, you know, some people do and most of us don't. This is a sin for all of us. It's not a very explicit sin, but one very subtle in our hearts. So, yeah, work as idolatry. Maybe you're here, you're not a Christian, you're visiting, 
maybe, yeah, the idolatry you don't care about, but maybe you find Hong Kong a very hard place to be because of the work. And uh, I hope this talk will have some useful things to say to you. However, it will be a hard talk. It will be hard because we're going to talk about our sin, right? It's going to hopefully convict us of what we do wrong. It's also hard because idolatry is such a subtle sin that you, it's very hard to just stop. And I'm not pretending that I've got this right, okay? I'm, I'm saying what I think God's word says, but I can see this in my own heart, uh, even here as a pastor, uh, quite a lot. Um, and it's also hard because change is costly. Changing idolatry as work can be hard and costly. And yet idolatry is it's enslaving and God wants to rescue us. So hopefully it's liberating. But first, I guess we need to understand idolatry. Well, what is idolatry? Well, we heard what God says, isn't it? No other gods. That's the first commandment, verse 3. You shall have no other gods before me. Uh, we're looking at this because, uh, well, Exodus has taught us that. I mean, if you were an Israelite here at Mount Sinai, you should know this. This should be so foundational because of what just happened. Uh, that's what comes just before. Verse 2, look at that. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Uh, they kind of the, the zeroth commandment that God brought them out of Egypt. And that is why they should have no other gods. Well, why not? Well, they, this is their God, right? This is the God who rescued them. They have a relationship with him. Uh, God didn't just free them so that they could go and wander off by themselves. He saved them to be his people. So when he says, look, I rescued you, uh, you're now mine, right? I've given myself to you and you give yourself to me. They are making a covenant here, uh, like a marriage, right? It's a, it's a relationship, an exclusive relationship. Because, you know, I'm the God who brought you out of Egypt. But also, as we've seen in uh, especially things like the plagues, the fact that God brought them out of Egypt has shown them he is the only true God, right? He's the only true God. Uh, the Nile is not a God. The sun is not a God Pharaoh is not a god because they couldn't stop him, right? They couldn't do anything. Only God can. So, yeah, if you see Exodus, you should think, well, there's no other god than God, than the Lord. And we should worship him. It's stupid to worship anything else. And I think it's especially the combination that's wrong. It's the fact that we, well, we, we betray the relationship with God for something that's not a god, uh, let me uh, illustrate that with marriage. So we know that uh, adultery is wrong, right? If I'm happily married, if I leave my wife, that's wrong. But what if I leave my wife for this beautiful woman over here? Uh, this is a Barbie doll. Now that is not just, that's, that's extra offensive, right? Because I'm saying that this is better than my beautiful wife. That is why idolatry is so wrong. It betrays your relationship with God for something that is just, well, a piece of plastic or something else. Something that's not God. Uh, this, uh, this verse from Jeremiah is quite famous, but it expresses it well. My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, 
and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. You've left the living God for something useless. And, and that is offensive idolatry. But we just often think, okay, no other gods. It's about spiritual beings, right? Uh, other religions and statues. We don't think work is a god. It's not a spiritual being in the sky. But I think idolatry is more subtle because it is about something that functions as God. Functional gods, they call it. Something that comes, well, as the verse says it, you shall have no other gods before me. You shouldn't have anything before God. And then work can be an idol, right? Because it can be before God. That if I have to choose, I choose work, not God. Uh, I make decisions, I think of work first. And I think what I need most, it's work. That is idolatry. That is when we make work, well, like the most important thing. And because it is not God, it's, that's offensive. And it's not just work, because most of us think, well, work isn't that important. People, when they think about idolatry, they think of something called near and far idols. Idols usually, there's two of them. There's something near and something far. And the near thing, that is something that you serve, like your work or your spouse. That's the near idol. But you do that to get something. And that is what people call the, the far idol. It's what, what we long for, like security and approval or happiness, right? People, I spend all my time at work because I think it will make me happy. Uh, I work so much because that gives me money and security. Uh, so it, it's not just that we, are, uh, we idolize work. We idolize work because we idolize something else behind it or approval, what people think of you. And uh, that is the, the problem with idolatry. It's not, just, uh, it's not just work, but there's something behind it. And, you know, you can serve anything for that purpose. Maybe you're here, you're, you're, you don't work, you're a stay-at-home mother. And maybe you've given up your career to uh, make sure your children are raised properly, that they, to help them know Jesus, that's a great thing. But you can worship that for exactly the same reasons. That you think, well, what people think of me is bound up with my children. I want my children to behave as, as properly as possible so that everyone thinks I'm such a good mom. You're looking for approval from your, yeah, via your kids. Or just you're, you're proud of the sacrifice you've made. Or and there's all kinds of ways that we can do this wrong. Or maybe you work hard for your family. You work so hard because your family, they need the money. My kids need the best education. And so you work crazy hours. But all of that is saying that something else is better than God, has more to offer than the God of the universe. Uh, that your, yeah, your children are more worth your time than that. That's, that's idolatry. Now, why do we idolize work? Martin already mentioned it. I guess uh, a big thing is just Hong Kong's culture, right? We're in a whole city that idolizes work. Uh, from a Chinese perspective, it's good to work hard and take care of your family and to honor your parents that way and to be loyal to your country. Hard work is rewarded. 
enter, well, from Hong Kong's history. Hong Kong was founded as a trading post, right? That's why the British came here. People didn't come here to live and enjoy themselves. People came here to work hard and make money. And that is still the culture, right? We come here to work hard. There's few resources. It's very competitive. That's Hong Kong. And so, yeah, you, like Martin said, you live amidst people who idolize work. And that makes it so hard to be different, isn't it? Because people expect us to fit in. It makes us feel, yeah, uh, trapped. If we are trying to be different, we will face exclusion, disapproval. I mean, if you're in a Muslim country and you become a Christian from a Muslim background, people will exclude you and harass you and those kind of things. And then we think, well, we have such religious freedom here. Or maybe on Sunday. But during the week, you're supposed to worship money. And if you don't worship money, you face exclusion and people will uh, not like you and those kind of things, right? Actually, there's a lot less freedom here than you think. We just don't see it as religious freedom. Actually, if God rules all your life, it's threatened. Of course, just to say, if you are a manager or a boss, you, you shape the culture, right? What kind of workplace are you running? Are you valuing people? Are you loving them? Are you generous? Or yeah, do you promote a culture that's just about money? You have a role there if you're a manager or a boss. But it's not just a culture. The problem theologically is that work is a good thing that God uses. Work is, is a great thing. In a Garden of Eden, Adam didn't just relax all day, he had to work. Yeah, he had to work and work and keep the, the garden. We are made to work as people. And, and God uses it for those things like security and money, right? I mean, we think it's silly for people to worship the Nile because the Nile gives them water. But, but it, it's not entirely silly because the Nile does give water, right? And work, God uses work to provide you with money. And he gives you work to give you meaning and significance. Yeah, partly. Because work, we were made to work. That's the thing. And so you can't just leave work behind as a bad thing. Work is a good thing, but we, we forget about the God who uses it, and we just think at work itself. That's the problem. And so it's, that's my, it's why it's so hard to leave behind. Hey, if you're, I don't know, you, you really worship statues, images. You become a Christian. Well, there are some people, they burn them. They get rid of them. I don't suggest you burn your office. You, you, it doesn't work like that. You have to work. Uh, whether it's at home or in the workplace, that's the problem. We have to work. Work is a good thing, but it shouldn't be the most important. And that is the difficulty. That is why it's so hard. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, we can't just stop. And that is uh, any kind of thing. Again, work, your family, your spouse. We can idolize anything. Now, how do we spot it? How do we spot an idol? It's not always easy. I mean, some people, they, yeah, they are consumed by work, and they think about it all the time. They spend all their time there. They sacrifice everything. That's easy to see. But other people, they idolize work in a different way. Uh, is it uh, 
for gain or for fear. And there's one person, they work very hard to impress their boss and get a promotion. There's another person, they don't work hard, necessarily. They don't try to get a promotion, but whenever the boss asks something, they do it. And they don't want to impress him, but they don't want his disapproval. But in practice, they still put work first then. Both of them idolize work, but in different ways. I think you can see it uh, partly, well, who wins, like I said, work or God. And no other gods before me. If God says one thing and work says another, what do you do? It could be sin. And we're supposed to love our neighbors, be sacrificial and generous. But if at work it's, it's all about the money and all about me and I don't care about other people, something's wrong, right? Then maybe work is too important for you because you sin. Are you honest? Well, one of the commandments we heard it, don't lie. Um, if you don't have to lie, if you are lying to get a better result, work is too important. And we should be different from those around us. But also not in terms of sin, but responsibilities. Yes, we should work. Uh, Six days you shall labor. But one day you should rest and spend time with God. (laughs) Maybe you're not doing that. You're neglecting that. You should honor your parents and neglect, but you neglect it. You should... Well, no adultery. You should protect your marriage, but you're not doing that. If you neglect responsibilities, that is sin. We don't see it like that. We think, here's a job where I have to lie. Well, I can't do that as a Christian. Here's another job where I I just have to neglect my family and neglect discipleship. But we think, well, that's just life. No, that's sin. If you have a job where you have to neglect your family... You have to neglect the Great Commission, otherwise you can't. Well, that's sin, and you should try to get out of there. I don't know, yeah, I hope that makes sense. Feel free to to ask me later. I think time, time in Hong Kong is so precious. If you don't have time for church, you don't have time for your spouse or your family, something is wrong. Because God wants us to have a, a, yeah, we have a number of callings, not just work. As a child of God, as a, yeah, with your family, with your church. What is, yeah, why is work so important? I think a good test is always to ask, what if you lost your job? Because kind of sin that helps you see your near idol. But what's your, what's the far idol? What do you want to get out of work or something else? Hey, if you lost your job, what is your fear that we, we don't have enough money? Or do you fear what people will think of you? That helps you see what's wrong. What what are you looking for? What are you looking for that God gives, but you look for it in work? And and not just work. If you're a student, uh, why are you so worried about the exam? Are you worried about your job later? Are you worried about what your parents think of you? That's probably an idol. Rather than just, well, if God wanted that to happen... That's okay, he will provide for me. We can idolize anything. I mean, rest. I think in Hong Kong we idolize rest as well. You might think, huh, we work so hard. Well, I see this in my children. I see this in some people. People think, well, I work so hard the rest of the week, so when I'm free, it's my time, and no one can touch that. 
our free time becomes the, the most important thing. And anything helping at church on Saturday, no way. It's my free time. Because we think that will make us happy. It can be anything. I think it's worth taking time for this. I mean, I'm telling you a lot. Uh, we don't have links this week, but I've put some questions on the app under links. You can just take time. You have a few days off. Take time to reflect. Uh, help you analyze what's wrong. But then how do we deal with it? How do we turn away? Well, the first thing we need to see, uh, yeah, it's not easy. It's not just something you can stop. You need to see why are you idolizing work? Uh, what's the, the thing you're looking for? And then you need to see idols don't deliver. Uh, idols don't deliver, just like this can't deliver anything, right? It's no companionship, doesn't keep you warm at night, uh, it's, it's nothing, right? Work, what is it, can it really give you? Does it really give you security? I mean, the job market is volatile, and even if you do well at your job, the Communist Party can take it away. Uh, the Hong Kong dollar was linked to the US dollar, and... Uh, we don't know what will happen with the U.S. Work doesn't really give security. Uh, does it give you the real approval you want? I mean, you work so hard to impress your boss, and then your boss leaves. It's all gone. Uh, does it make you happy? Surveys say young people in Hong Kong are the, the least happy of the whole world. Work doesn't make anyone happy. That's why everyone is leaving. And again, especially the long term. Uh, the kids talk. Jesus will come back and he won't ask you about your job. Well, he will ask you if you've loved people, if you've tried to disciple people, if you've tried to honor him. He doesn't look at your bank balance. Yeah? And at the same time, Jesus does deliver. You want security. Jesus can give you all the security you need, right? He's the king of the universe. He's got everything under control. You're perfectly safe with him. He died to pay for all your sins. You're as perfect as you could ever be in the sight of God, of the only one that matters. Why do you need to impress people? You don't need to. Yeah? Uh, he is supremely satisfying. He's bringing a perfect new world. Especially, yeah, long term. In Exodus, it looked like Pharaoh ruled until God showed up. Right now, it looked like work is everything until Jesus shows up and then... It will, yeah, we'll see that work is nothing. And we need to see that, yeah, Jesus delivers, idols don't. And so, yeah, put it in its place. Work, use it to serve God. You, you do work, but you think, how can I honor God? How can I love people? How can I do good? How can I disciple people? How can I spread the gospel? It's like we saw on the church camp. This is basically what it looks like. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. God will take care of you. So focus in your work on God's kingdom, his righteousness, doing what he says. But I thought let's make that uh, practical. I mean, this can look like any kind of things. Like I said, um, how you honor God, uh, how you care for people, what you make time for. I wanted to just give a, a very simple challenge uh, that I think, yeah, will help us see, especially in terms of work hours, which is what we struggle with. 
can you come to the prayer meeting next time? Why is this, I think, a challenge? Because on Friday, there were eight people there. Out of a church of 300, eight people made it to the prayer meeting. Now, I think uh, we are Christians. We know we should pray. If you're a member, you've committed to, I'm going to pray for the church and with the church. And I'm sure some of you had good reasons. You know, you're, you're a helper. You're a shift worker. You're a single parent. You're sick. You live two hours away. But I think for most of us, it's just, you know, we had other priorities. And usually that's with work, right? You're stuck at work. So, uh, yeah, I couldn't come to the prayer meeting. Or I have worked so hard, I need an evening of rest. Uh, so I can't come to the prayer meeting. Uh, I've worked so hard, this is the only time to see my kids. I can't come to the prayer meeting. Can you make one Friday evening a month? Uh, And what do you think when you hear that? What is your fear? Maybe you think, well, you know, um, I can't get all my work done. Why is it not working? Next slide. I can't get all my work done. You know, I I, I need to do this work. I I can't leave it for tomorrow. I'm going to get behind. Oops. And never mind. <laughs> you know, I, I need to do this work now. I can't leave it. Well, do you trust Jesus is in control? Because you think, you know, if, if, if I do this work, my, I will have it under control. We don't have our work under control, right? But Jesus has it under control. You can leave it for tomorrow. You can leave it for Monday or change your working hours, right? You just don't believe that Jesus will deliver. Or maybe, you know, uh, I fear my boss will disapprove. And my colleagues will think I'm lazy. Uh, They think I'm letting them down. Maybe that's what you fear, right? Uh, People will disapprove. Well, maybe you're not letting your colleagues down. Maybe you are setting them a good example. Or maybe you're just not joining in when they worship money. Right? Well, what do you think of a Muslim who says, well, I'm still going to go to the mosque because, uh, you know, everyone around me goes to the mosque and I don't want to let them down. I don't want them to not like me. And you'd say, no, you're a Christian now. You should be different. Well, the same is for us, right? If we worship, we, we, we don't have to worship money. It doesn't matter what people think. It matters what Jesus thinks. And will you be a good and faithful servant or not? Or maybe you think... Uh, You know, maybe I get demoted. I could lose my job. I get uh, less bonus or I get fired. It's insecure. Again, Jesus is in control. He gives you everything you need, right? He can make sure you keep your job, right? He is in control of that. And even if you lose your job, he will provide. That's what he promises. He promises you your daily bread. Your job doesn't give any security, but Jesus does. He can give through the church. I've seen that. At one time, yeah, I went into ministry. I gave up a really good, stable job in order to, well, live off the support of other people as I trained for ministry. And God was so generous. He gave us various unexpected benefits. There were gospel-minded people who generously supported us. God supplied wonderfully. You know, you can trust God. 
That's the thing. Eh? We think work provides and Jesus doesn't. No, no. Jesus provides and work doesn't. It means you can change your job and you can quit. Maybe you, you, you know I can't change my job. Uh, I can't change what I do here. Or maybe you need to find another job. You need to quit. Do you think God will help you with that? Do you think he will provide? Of course. Or maybe the last thing you then worry about, we might lose out. And that's what people think. Yeah, but God will provide, but maybe he'll provide less money. And I can't go on holiday, and I have to live smaller, or maybe the other job is just boring. That's how we think, right? Again, we think work delivers, but Jesus doesn't. Do you think you will lose out if you follow Jesus? I I read a very good article last week from a stay-at-home mom. And uh, people constantly said to her, you're giving up your career. And you know what she said? I'm not giving it up, I'm just postponing it. And that's true, isn't it? There is a new creation coming where you will live and work and can do everything you want. You're not just going to sit on a cloud with a harp looking back at your old life. Right? You've got all eternity to use your talents and your skills and have a fulfilling career. You've got all eternity to live in a big house. Why worry about, even if you earn so much, you still won't have a big house in Hong Kong. Why try to idolize work? Right? If this life is all there is, yeah, you might lose out. But if you believe the gospel, if you believe that Jesus delivers and rewards, then millions of years from now you're not going to complain about, oh, I wish I had lived in a bigger house. You're not. The only thing that you can, can do here but not later is disciple people and spread the gospel. And that's what you should prioritize now, right? If you, you're losing out if you idolize work. You're spending time on something that won't deliver, spending time on things that don't satisfy, things that don't last, and you're missing out on serving Jesus. You're missing out on doing eternal good. You're missing out on treasure in heaven. You're missing out, maybe, if it's too much, on your salvation. You know, we need to change. Please do those questions. Find your idols and try to repent. That is, we, we don't want to be enslaved, do we? And so I, I hope you will do that. I hope you will try to break this idolatry, seek each other's help for that. But finally, like I said, this, 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 yeah, this would be a hard sermon. I'm sure many of us, we feel the weight of our sin and how we've neglected things we should have done. And you, your temptation is now, okay, I need to work harder. I need to solve this. Remember, you can't save yourself. God is the rescuer, right? You need to turn to him and you need to trust him. And, you know, we've made things into God's, but God came down himself. Yeah, he lived a perfect life. He did everything right. Jesus served God all the time. And you get his perfect record. If you trust him, you are an accepted and forgiven child of God. Not because you deserve it, not because you've been so good, but because of Jesus. And so, yeah, try to change, but do it as a, as a forgiven child of God, because that's who you are, right? Jesus is the Savior, not you. So we're going to sing and, and then pray. 
And, and this is a great song because it's the, yeah, a prayer against idolatry. Be thou my vision. And we're going to sing, yeah, uh, what is it? Riches I heed not, nor men's empty praise. Thine mine inheritance now and always. Thou and thou only, the first in my heart. High King of heaven, my treasure thou art. Let's sing this song with all our hearts as we stand. <laughs> 